Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's popping, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. Of course, I got my bro zone with me. Got the Fantasy Guru, Young Vander. How are the people, Young Vander? Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, your guy, bro, Joe, the rookie aficionado. Holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an amazing show in store for you today. We're going to give you your tight end rankings, and then we're also going to dive into your sleepers that you're going to want to pay attention to because these are going to be the guys that get you from point A to point B that other people weren't paying attention to. It's going to make sure that it gets you head and shoulders above the competition. So I'm glad that you were able to tune in. We're going to go ahead and get started with the news. And now your fantasy news. All righty. So we actually had some football news this week. Last week was kind of dead as far as the news was concerned. But um, a few things that we have to consider with the fantasy season fastly approaching. A uh, couple of running backs in the um, in the news this week. Saquon Barkley still has not signed a long-term deal. It's been said that he was offered a 13 mil, um, 13 mil per year contract. And his number was closer to 15 mil per year. So it doesn't seem like they're that far off. But sometimes in contract negotiation, a billion can be, you know, as far as the East is from the West, just depending on, you know, what they have to spend. But right now, all things are on the table, is including the consideration of Saquon possibly holding out for a week or two as far as the actual season is concerned. So do we think that he may actually hold out if this contract doesn't get worked out by Monday? Will it be in his best interest? I don't think so. Um, I really think Saquon is kind of like overvaluing himself. Uh, a lot of these guys, they have one good season and then like, hey, I need to break the bank. It don't quite work like that. He had a good rookie season, came back injured, showed a lot of injuries, then came back, had a you know pretty decent season last year. And now it's like, I want to be you know, paid like this person or that person. I think sometimes we, a lot of these guys, they overvalue themselves and rightfully so, I guess, because of the position they play, they know they're only going to probably get one shot at it. Some, right. the, the good ones maybe get two, <laughs> you know what it's I'm saying? It's an um, opportunity nine times out of 10. <laughs> right. So, but you know, I think the offer is on the table. I, I Actually, I'm not mad to offer this on the table. Let's think about it. Like I'm not either. 13 billion, bro. Like, yeah. You got some really good running backs making six, okay? Facts. Like really good ones making six a year. Uh, what's Eckler making right now? He's going to play under his. I wanna, but Eckler was also one that was going to hold out. They they kind of renegotiated a couple of things where right. he'll get a few more million um, incentives. So if he shows up, he gets it, which I'm pretty sure the Giants might be willing to say, 
you know, we'll give you that extra two million, but only if that, that, that. But he wanted just period. <laughs> I dig it. I, I do think it's a possibility he can't hold out. But at the same time, there's a lot of pretty decent running backs available that the Giants are probably going to get and fill in and probably get for two million, three million. Yeah. I mean, you know, Leonard Fournette is still out there. Just want a job. Um, <laughs> right. Kareem Hunt is still out there. He can yeah. get two for one. I can get, I can sign both of them for eight million. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, facts. And I got two. You know what I mean? So is it really worth it? Uh, I guess, but I, I definitely could see him holding out. The thing I'll say about Barkley is, unlike some of these other guys that are thinking about holding out, he can honestly hang his hat on the fact that if he wasn't on that team, they wouldn't have made the playoffs last year. Like that offense is centered around him. So as a running back, knowing that this is probably going to be your last, you know, contract worth anything. I, I mean, maybe, maybe he's not wrong. What you think, Joe? I think the running back position as a whole is undervalued. I mean, we're looking at the, like how many touches these guys get. I mean, like ever since Le'Veon said that he want how he wanted to get paid, it's been a, it's been a problem. Even like, like we had a discussion not too long ago, even going back as far as DeMarco Murray when he wanted money. I think it's, I think, I don't know. I, when I look at Saquon, I think Saquon to me is a really good player. I really, you know, I get the injury concerns and those things, but he also was asked to be the focal point of a team with an underwhelming offense. It was just, it was him against eight man, eight man fronts pretty much running for his life pretty much. And now he got to get a change of scheme. It's revitalized, and he put up a good season. We saw Josh uh, Jacobs do the same thing. I don't think you know ten million is enough for a franchise tag for the caliber running backs that they, you know these organizations are asking these guys to be. I don't care who on the street because yeah, you go ahead and put four hundred carries on your body and see how that work out for you with no guaranteed right. money and all this <laughs> right. stuff going into the next season. I don't think him asking for fifteen million is is really that bad. I think I don't either. I can see both sides. That's right. the weird part about it. This is one of those negotiations where I'm not mad at either side, but I understand why neither side will budge. So yeah. would you be would you be confident with paying him the second highest salary at running back, knowing his injury history? I'm gonna say it like this: because of how bad we need you, I either got to pay you or get rid of you. But do you really need him? Because, I, I mean, with or without yeah. him, the New York Giants is not a team that's considered to, to do anything. I agree, which is why I would pay him because <laughs> nobody had them going to the playoffs last year, but that was on his back. Just saying. Um, it wasn't because of Daniel Jones. Just saying. Like, I mean, I put it like, ah, ah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, That's that the team, position both people in. What, but that what defense, you just expressed. <laughs> no, but that team, <laughs> that, that team, was, that team was playing off. The real New York Giants will show their ugly head this year, right? You think that so? Team, man, yeah. You, if you watched the, the Giants play last year, that team was just winning off straight will. A lot of these games was just like hard will at the end of the game. It wasn't like Saquon was out here just tearing up the streets. I mean, he only had, what, 300-yard games last year? I mean, so it wasn't like he was just out here just, you know, I'm, I'm just going ham. No, that wasn't it. Saquon wasn't going – I mean, he finished, what, top five fantasy back – but it was kind of a down year when it comes to running backs, if it kind of makes sense. I mean, like, it wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't him. It was a, it was a team. They was playing off wheel. It was some really close wins. Like, that's what got this team through. You know what I'm saying? They got them to the playoffs. And not only, hell, they playing in the worst, one of the worst divisions in football. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Eagles and 
You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, <laughs> what else? I mean, other teams are not that good. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that with or without him, it's not going to, like, make them a, 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 a Super Bowl favorite either way. True. So, yeah, true. I give you that. Well Another running back that's in the news right now, Alvin Kamara pleads no contest to a lesser charge. So um, he has a misdemeanor instead of a felony stemming from his alleged participation in a 2022 incident in Las Vegas. And I use the word alleged tongue in cheek because the video is out there and he did it. <laughs> so I, I don't know how they wrap this up so quickly. And I say that because. Alvin Kamara had to give the, the guy that um, that he beat up or whatever. He gave him $100,000 for medical bills. If I was that dude, I would have been holding out like Saquon. You're going to give me more than $100,000, bro. You're going to at least have to add another zero to that if you try not to get suspended. Oh, I'm going before the, the, the court, the NFL, and everybody else. I, 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 no, $100,000? Nah, that, that ain't. I, I'm trying to change my life with this one. Like, 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 I, maybe that's just me, but um, yeah, hundred thousand, a misdemeanor, and the charge went from being assault to being like um substantial bodily harm or something like that. Uh, it was something. It, it was something that um, it doesn't amount to what actually happened. I'll put it that way. So, but my question, as far as fantasy is concerned, how do we see this playing out as far as the suspension is concerned? Does he get less now because it wasn't a felony? And he didn't have to um, serve any time or anything like that? Or how are we going to look at this now? Uh, to make it quick, I think they'll try to do six games and they'll settle at four. Uh, the NFLPA come in and they'll negotiate and get this thing down to four games. Kind of similar to, I think, you know, Zeke, Zeke Elliott had a little situation uh, a few years back. Yeah, I um, remember that. He didn't do any time either or anything like that. But they still, I think they got four out of them, right? I believe was it that was on. One of them boys got like four out of them. No, but. no, because Zeke, Zeke got suspended. What didn't he get suspended like in the middle of the year or something like that? I want to say that was Zeke. I think Le'Veon got four or two one season or something like that, kind of at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he did too. Um, but I think I think they'll try to get six and then they'll sell that four. But he's gonna get something, that's for sure, no matter what they, they came up with with these courts. Joe, you on the same page? I, I'm with you. I, I have to speak on this. I think it's crazy that this dude settled for a hundred thousand dollars, and something that could have ultimately been like a ten million dollar lawsuit. That was that's a, right. That's at least a half million dollar ass beat. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Several videos. It's not even that they got a couple. They got several videos and the um the the um the chauffeur ca- uh, cam of them recapping the ass whooping that they put. But on you know what for. though? I just thought. Well, well, I, I don't. I don't know if by taking the hundred thousand that he can't go to civil court, but you got the video. You've already won the case in civil court. They, I think somebody gave him a gave him some cash up front, bro. I think somebody can't because they had to give him something up front to where you going not even wait to go to like so many people ain't wrapped around too tight. Somebody gave <laughs> thirty thousand up front, forty thousand up front. You don't think this man worth thirty two million? He got thirty two million in career earnings that you couldn't get ten mil. Off I would at least I would at least ask for ten. We we could have settled for five mil, but I'm not I'm not I'm not going home with less than a mil. <laughs> after this, at, matter of fact, after this altercation and after taxes are taken out, I want to be a millionaire when this is over. Period. But hey, different strokes for different folks. Um, maybe he's a New Orleans fan and, and he didn't want him to get suspended, so he thought that was more important. I don't know. Uh, Daryl Mooney says he's going to be ready for camp. 
I don't know what type of a role he's going to have. Um, are we? Uh, do we think that Mooney's going to get any love with the the new wide receivers that are come in, or do we think that it's a possibility based on um, your boy Claypool maybe not being all the way one hundred percent in or having his head one hundred percent in football? that Mooney may actually end up, although I don't think he's the more talented wide receiver, he may end up getting a little bit more run than Claypool just based on his uh, ability to kind of focus on the task at hand. So what I say with uh, Mooney, I actually like Mooney. I think Mooney is a, a, a good player. But like I, I feel like they're going to be obviously more improved from, what, 31st in, in passing? Of course. But do I think it's going to be substantiated that all three of them going to eat or that it's going to have uh, fantasy relevance? I think Cole Komet is the second guy. So I feel like after that, I don't really care if it's Claypool or Mooney in this offense. I feel like Herbert, Herbert Komet, and uh, DJ Moore are going to be the first three. So he's a good guy. But, you know, I don't think they're going to pass as much as people would. You know, I don't think they're going to pass much to pay dividends for uh, Mooney to matter. There we go. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Isaiah Pacheco could miss the start of camp. He's still dealing with a hand and shoulder. Um, and he may not be cleared, so it may not even be up to him whether he shows up for camp. Being about a month out of preseason and having a significant amount of time between the end of the season and now, does this scare you at all for his beginning of the year prognosis, or is this just part for the course? I wouldn't say it scares me, but um, this gives an opportunity to a guy like CEH. I mean, I think he's healthy now. Um and he can maybe reclaim some time, you know. I'm like, um, what's the girl? I'm reclaiming my time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I, I think this is an opportunity for him to be in camp, show what he got, and then make it a make it a fuss, you know what I'm saying? Make it a full blown right. committee. Um, make it a kinda, tough decision, <laughs> right? Because he's kind of the odd man out in a way, even though he was yeah. the uh, week one starter last year, right? But there's always been a lot of mumblings about him not being as healthy as well. So if he can come in, he's hundred percent. He can make this thing get uh, real uh, uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? We got another couple of running backs that are on track for camp. Jonathan Taylor, uh, per Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, is saying that Jonathan Taylor is all healed up and he shouldn't miss any additional time based on last year's injury. We also have Javante Williams, who plans to be ready for training camp. Um, he said on this past Sunday the plan is to clear him. Um, so as of today, he hasn't been cleared yet, but the plan is to clear him by the start of training camp and that he will participate in some capacity. Not exactly sure if he'll be a full participant, but what we got on those two guys? I feel about Javonta as just as much as I feel about um, Brees Hall. I think both of these guys are probably going to be cleared by week one, probably be eased in. Uh, I don't think it'd be a full-blown go into maybe four to six. Uh, so that's kind of how I feel about him. Uh, as far as JT, I, I mean, I, I didn't – there was no concern, worry, anything with that. I just feel like he'd be ready, full-blown ready to go. Yeah, same sentiment with JT. It was, they would just – if anything, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a lot more elusive. they just really cleaning the uh, ankle out. So I really like that. It was a, a super, super minor procedure. Same thing with Javante. I really – it's good that we, we saw him partake in mini camp and all those different things. They really like aligns to week one, like uh, Vander was saying. But I just don't, I don't, I don't really know. I think that's gonna be a good backfield. And I, I like the shout a couple weeks ago uh, in regards to Piron because I didn't, you know, I didn't know Piron was even uh, built like that. Man. I know he was, a, you know, he got busy on third down, but I didn't know he's that big, man. 
Yeah, it's crazy because I, I was kind of the same way. You know, in everybody's mind, Pete Ryan is just this third down back that comes in for mixing here and then catches the ball a lot. But he's, like you said, a lot of people don't know. This dude big. Like, he's a big-ass boy. You know what I'm saying? So, Because what happens is we have a picture in our mind of what a third down back is supposed to Bingo. look like. Right. Right. And it ain't him. <laughs> right, right. But right. the fact that he's that big and has the skill set, to Vander's point, yeah, I mean, he could really finally have the opportunity to be that guy. And it, it could be, you know, one of those 1A, 1C maybe. I'm going to say 1A, 1B if Williams is completely healthy. But I wouldn't want to rush Williams in and hurt him again. So I, I can see P. Ryan, you know, kind of doing his thing this year. Right. But even also, you know what I mean, like in uh, um, uh, Sean Payton offense, we've seen two yeah. backs be successful. This is true. Um, You know what I'm saying? He can maybe be the Ingram. Of the bunch, if that makes sense. Uh, and the Kamara. I mean, well, you know, I guess Javante, you know, they both could. They're kind of interchangeable. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the kid, 236. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. He, like, he could be. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. most running backs are what, like 210, 215? That's a big boy. That's, that's that, Yeah. That, that's a that's one of them. Um, What's your boy that used to play for Carolina? Yeah. Yep. Thunder and Lightning kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, or 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 Lindell White and Chris uh, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, like like that sort of a dynamic is is what could play out for sure. Yeah, and and, and like I was saying, you know, being that he is a good catcher of the ball, he can kind of be a three down back. Like he don't yeah. really have to come off. I mean, facts. Let's think about it. You, you spoke about Lindell. You look at Lindell as a big guy, right? Yeah, they the same size. Lindell yeah. was yeah. two thirty five. Yeah. He's like two thirty four. Like they're the same weight. So there that goes. Sense. So you can catch the ball and then run and run over people to get it in the end zone. I'm sh- Sean Payton gonna gonna absolutely love coaching this. I mean, he has everything in the cupboard to make the meal that he want to make on this team already. I tell you what, real quick before I move on, did he got a better team than he has now than he had when he was leaving New Orleans? Correct. That. As long as the quarterback can show up like Breeze did, and I think he will. I mean, he has he has a much better team. He has a defense that's equivalent to the best that New Orleans was able to kind of muster up to. But as far as the skill positions are concerned, they got talent all around the field. Whoever you're keying in on, he can go the opposite direction. So I expect for the Broncos to take a, a step forward for sure. That about wraps up the news. We're going to go right ahead and hop into our tight end rankings. All right, good people. So let's go ahead and kick off these tight end rankings. Again, we do tier-based rankings. So just because a tight end may be, you know, number three, four, five, six, whatever the case may be, doesn't necessarily mean that we don't think that they'll end up right around the same realm of possibilities as tight ends that we mentioned previously. I just say that so that way we're on the same page as far as who we see as being equivalent to each other. With that being said, uh, Vander, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your first tier tight end? Going to make this sweet, smooth, quick. Uh, there's only one, man, Travis Kelsey. I did the um, same thing. <laughs> I mean, he's in a he's in a, a tier by That's himself. Uh, I mean, I know some people may think age is a concern, but I don't see any signs of slowing down. I mean, the dude's on seven straight seasons, over 1,000 yards, and he's clearly the overall number one tight end. And uh, there's a drop from him to the next guy. Would it surprise you to know that Travis Kelsey has been a not just a top tight end, but a top five pass catcher in general 
regardless of position, over the last five years. It's, no. it's ridiculous. Nah, because he's like a wide receiver uh, playing tight end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You look at some yeah. of the routes this dude running, whips, and all kind of like he's he's kind of he's a he's a he's a bad man. Think about it, right? When when Tyreek left, not only everybody thought that Mahomes was going to take a little small dip, uh, but everybody thought Kelsey was going to be now more keyed in on right. So you look at Kelsey, you're thinking, okay, well, he only got one guy. So nope, he went out there, caught more balls, had more yards, had Did more touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Did him dirty. Like he's too big for these DBs. He's just too fast and too quick. For these linebackers, he's just a matchup nightmare, man. Nothing you can do about it. You got to hope that he ages out. That's pretty much all you can do. And Joe, you said you only had one tight end in your first tier too, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so we went. We all went Kittle. So we might <laughs> as well go up to the second one. So go ahead and I uh, kick off tier two for us, Joe. Right. So I just kept this one simple. Uh, I just went with Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, and Kyle Pitts for my tier two. For my tier two, I actually have about. Seven tight ends, um, starting mm-hmm. with Mark Andrews. Now, l- let me preference this. I'm not factoring in whether or not they may or may not get hurt. I'm just saying that based on talent, the realm of possibility is high tight end one. So Mark Andrews, uh, being in Baltimore, having a, a more pass-heavy offense and was already the you know, one of the the bigger targets there. Um, I can see that continuing, and then also having that red zone efficiency. Uh, George Kittle had a chemistry with Brock Purdy that kind of took him back to the Kittle of old that we knew. T.J. Hawkinson, year one with Minnesota, he was already on par or on the same page with Kirk Cousins. So I believe that that can continue. What I saw with Dallas Goddard. And Jalen Hurts, I think, will also continue. This is the one. Well, this is the one guy that I think I'm, 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 I'm putting up here based on my own personal feeling about what's going to happen here. But I also have Dalton Schultz in this tier because I believe that he's going to be heavily leaned upon by the quarterback, and I think they're going to be behind in several games. And if you're looking at a PPR type format, he's going to be one of those guys that can end up with. You know, on a on a bad game, six catches and sixty yards, giving you twelve points, um, and that's if he doesn't score. I also have two other tight ends left here: Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. Completely based off of talent, not looking at who's throwing them the ball. I'm looking at what they've actually done when they've been healthy themselves. So I honestly believe that from Mark Andrews all the way down to Waller, all seven of these tight ends can kind of end up in the same realm of possibility, if that makes sense. Go ahead and chew me up. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and <laughs> let them lead the way. He <laughs> good. That boy good. <laughs> what, in, <laughs> what the hell? What the hell is you talking about, man? Who, who, like, who are you talking about? Dalton Schultz. Did, did, did you not remember what he did with Dallas? The talent is there. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, man. Just saying, the, the talent is there. T- I mean, to put him at a tier two tight end. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, mm. you mean what he did at Dallas? What two years ago? Well, I mean, he got hurt last year, but he played fifteen games. 
but he was hurt. still hurt though. I mean, I mean, he was he, he was he was in several other games that he wasn't targeted because he couldn't do what he normally did. So when he was at his best, uh, one of the reasons why he's no longer at Dallas is because somebody else was willing to pay him more money than they were. Uh, but Dalton Schultz was one of those guys that really showed out and showed what he could be as a tight end. And I think with being a focal point, um, possibly being the best target that CJ Stroud is going to have access to. Um, I, I don't, I don't really see too many of his current wide receivers actually being able to catch the ball as well as Schultz. So but that's why I got about, him in tight one, tier two. One, th- one thing about, I mean, tier two is extremely high in my opinion, but one thing about Dalton Schultz, he's a decent weapon over the middle, but he he doesn't have any, you know, yak ability. You know what I'm saying? Once he catches the ball, like, where's, what's next? He going to go down right there? Like, he don't have any yard up to catch ability. That kind of separates a lot of these other tight ends from others. Like, he doesn't have that. So that's kind of his Achilles heel. He's probably one of the best pass catchers on the team. But once he catches the ball, then he's on the ground. Now, I want to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but I want to say, Dalton Schultz has already been this high, like as far as the finish is concerned. And I want to say it was year before last, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he ended up, he ended last year, which was a down year for him as tight end 11. Um, so he was still a tight end one in a down year. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just got a feeling that he's going to be a focal point of that offense. And when he is a focal point, I mean, he catches that ball. And I want to say it was. It was uh, the year before. He uh, 20, like 21. 2020. He, I mean, he he was a stud as far as tight end. So he was one of the most consistent tight ends. So, I mean, I. Yeah, just, but this is a tight end that was playing with what? Amari Cooper, playing with uh, CeeDee Lamb, playing with. Like, he playing with other good guys. Now he on a team with a bunch of young guys. Like, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So who you got, Vander, for tier two? All right, for me, uh, tier two. Now, one thing about me when it comes to tight ends is the elite guys, and then it's like a cluster. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone else tends to be, I mean, right by each other. It's year to year. It's the same thing. It's Facts. Usually, it's usually the top two or three, and then it's like, hell, one you can pick, you can pick the last. <laughs> yeah, your last pick in the draft could be a tight end, and he'll be six or seventh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so – um, but for me, I'm going to go Mark Andrews here. Okay. I'm going to go TJ Hawkinson. And this one comes with a little asterisk. Um, I have three guys. George Kittle. Okay. If Brock Purdy is at the helm, he's sitting right here. Yep. Totally different uh, animal with him at quarterback. We've seen a difference. I mean, you see how he played with Jimmy G. You know, when Jimmy G is at the helm, uh, a lot of people was thinking that George Kittle was declining. You know what I'm saying? Right. And George Kittle ain't where he used to be. Because, you know, one time it used to be Kelsey Kittle. Kelsey Kittle. Right. The top two guys. But then when Brock Purdy came in, man, it showed, you know what I'm saying, the connection was there, the chemistry. And this is one of those guys I was talking about the difference between, like, with Dalton Schultz where this guy has – he's probably the best yak tight end we got, you know what I'm saying, in the league. You know, once he get that ball in his hand, man, he could take it. So um, my three guys, I'm having Andrew Hawkinson. And George Kittle with an asterisk right by, depending on the quarterback. Go ahead and give us your tier three, Joe. Yeah, mine was uh, Goddard, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Chig, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and then I had the Lions kid, 
Sam Laporta. And I really I really like Sam Laporta. I mean, just think about the the pedigree of his school. It's almost like when we talk about Notre Dame players, but they had Kittle, Fant, and Hawkinson last three to come out of the program. And I just think like uh just his just his skill set. I think he's going to the he's going to the right offense. He's much faster than the Hawkinson. He has a great athletic profile. I just I like I like how they're gonna use him in his offense. I really think he's gonna have a large amount of these targets, even as a rookie. And they really kind of get him involved, even as far as the installations and stuff like that, to be somebody right away that they're gonna kind of feature in his offense. He runs a four five nine for somebody that's over 250 pounds. That's crazy considering we had running backs this year from this coming draft to running the four fives. Give me your logic behind I hear what you're saying with Laporta, uh, and just because of the way the, uh, the the way Detroit uses their tight end, if he's going to be the starter, I know he does have the pass catching chops. I can kind of see him working his way up, if you will. But give me your thought process on Njoku. Yeah, so that's one thing. When I always wanted to count Njoku out, man, this dude has been really consistent for Cleveland. Like before coming in, like you know, his early years in the league, we like, oh, he got lapses of concentration, he had drops, this, that, and the third. But dang, man, this dude found a way to get it done no matter what. He had Austin Hooper there. At one point, Harrison Bryant was a uh, consideration of uh somebody that can kind of thwart him uh in that sense in the offense, but yet and still he proves. I think this offense is gonna be really pass heavy, and they've gone and Stefanski has gone out to say it. It's gonna be night and day what they're gonna do with Washington. And I think Watson gonna bomb the ball a lot more. And you're talking about a, again, this is a, a real legit red zone threat. I he can you can already put him down for six touchdowns, in my personal opinion. And we just see what he does attacking the field vertically. He he reminds me of a slower Vernon Davis where he's been the last two years playing football. Mm, okay. Okay. Now, last year he played 14 games. I know you can't really go by last year because half of the year it was a subpar quarterback, and the second half of the year was a quarterback that hadn't played for a couple of years. But um, last year he had 14 games, 58 receptions on 80 targets, and 628 yards ended up at tight end 15. So that definitely a big that would definitely be a big jump for Njoku. Um, Barry, what you got? Uh, I'm, I'm not feeling the Njoku that high. Uh, and not even La, La Porta as well. I mean, uh, I, I, li- I like him. I mean, he thinks he's a, a hell of a talent uh, going to a good team. But rookie tight ends, man. Like, yeah, they do take a minute to kind of – You know what I'm saying? And, and Unless you're exceptional. And he doesn't quite ring that bell for me. Like, I think he's a good tight end. But coming out of college, will we have a difference between him and like a fire move maybe? Would you look? I mean, who who would you like? You know, better coming out like these are good tight ends, but they're not the ones that the Jimmy Grahams of the world, the ones that you feel like, okay, this guy here is different. What y'all think about that? I mean, what division? What conference was Laporta in again? He played at Iowa. Okay, I always put good tight ends out. So that is true. That that's what I was asking. Yeah, so, yeah, they so, always put good tight ends out. So they, I mean, they were time. both in the Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where, where was um. A fire move. Um, you mean like what school he went to? Yeah, like was wasn't he in the Big Ten as well? I'm trying to look at the level of competition between the two. Fire move went to uh, Iowa as well, right? I, I want to say no, I no, no. 
No, Feynman went to was it Penn State? He went to Penn State. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. I, I know State. he was in the Big Ten, but I couldn't remember what school. Yeah, it was Penn so State. They both had the same level of competition, if you will. Um, and like you said, Iowa. I mean, they they put out tight they put out tight ends and linemen. So may, maybe this is another guy for. I mean, I think he's gonna be good. I just think you know maybe give him a year. Yeah, give him a year. Okay, you know what I'm saying. I mean. But I think he's definitely gonna be the starter, though, for sure. Fair starter. enough. Fair enough. Go ahead and give us your uh, your your uh, t- um, your next tier. All right, uh, tier three. Um, these are some really good guys. Some still tight end ones. You know, I know people think you know tier three. These guys still could be tight end ones. I got Kyle Pitts here, uh, Darren Waller, Pat Firemuth, Dallas Goddard, and Evan Ingram. Why people still sleeping on Evan Ingram? I'm in my toil on the show last year before the season started. When he's playing for Jacksonville, he's the starter. That um, What's the coach's name? Brain freeze. Uh, oh, Peterson? Peterson never had a tight end finish less than like five or six when he was in uh, Philly. We and, and and this was no different. We've seen the type of year that he had. Um, I know you got some contract disputes and everything going on right now. But just think about this. If people would have listened to me <laughs> on that show, the tight end show from last year. Think how many people got a steal at tight end. What did where did Ingram finish his pleasure? Uh let's take a look. Like six, it. right? I want to say I want to say he was in the he might have been top five. I think he was six. Um so but like you I know, said, he was five, tight end five. There you go. Like yep. I said, Peterson never had a tight end finish less than six. So that was a steal for somebody because this was a guy that was going very late, if not undrafted in most uh fantasy drafts. So um, I have him here as well in tight end uh, tier three. I'm going to have go- him here at seven. You had him. You had him at seven. I have him at, at seven this year. I have him. I have him at thirteen this year. As much as I see the oh, talent, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me cut you. So mm-hmm. you got like you got Laporta <laughs> over this guy. No, I have uh, Laporta at uh, eleven. My okay. issue okay. with Ingram is he's only been healthy one year, and that was the year that he was trying to get paid. Like uh, last year, you can get him for next to nothing. This year, you're going to have to actually draft him at a position that's our propos for what he did last year. So that kind of scares me just a little bit, um, just a track record. I, I don't try to predict injuries or anything of that nature, but – when you've been in the you're, you're you're 28 about to be 29 and you've had one healthy year that just scares me. No, but I mean, if you look at, I mean, not not so not so fast. Okay. Um, the last three years, the guy only missed what, maybe a game. You sure? Yeah, he played 17 games last year. He played 15 the year before. Okay. He played 16 the year before. Now his first two seasons were a little choppy. Okay. But the last three, he he has shown some, you know, okay. some ability to, okay. to stay on the field. Okay. Well, um, my tier three, it actually starts out with a tight end that none of you have named yet, and it is what it is. But I think Mike Gusecki is about to have a hell of a year in this Bill O'Brien Patriot offense. Um, they're they're going to try to make him the the Hernandez of the offense, if you will, give him. Uh, plenty of uh, opportunities to catch the ball. Going to give him a few opportunities to run the ball. Um, so he he's going to get all the playing time that he could stomach, which was something that he didn't get in Miami 
but you can still kind of see his his talent there, even though he wasn't heavily utilized. Um, and he ends up at tight end nine for me within tier three. Then right after him, I have Pat Firemouth. After that, I have Chig Okonkwo. I have Gerald Everett. And then I have Evan Ingram at tight end 13, just missing tight end one for me. And that wraps up my tier three. Kaseki, what? Yes, sir. What? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, when, when, when have you not seen a healthy Patriots tight end succeed when we didn't have any wide receivers to speak of? He wouldn't be this high if D-Hop joined the team. But as of right now, he's our best pass catcher. Where Hunter Henry, Henry, Henry at? Where he go? Yeah. He heard of you. What you mean? But he just played 17 games last year. He was still hurt, bro. Trust me, I'm a Patriots fan. He he might have made the game, but he wouldn't he he couldn't produce the way he should have been able to produce if he was 100 healthy. He was nicked up for several weeks. But the thing about it is, when Bill Belichick goes to get a guy and says that this guy is going to be used as a wide receiver, I, I believe him. I mean, I, I've seen this offense before. I, I've seen Bill O'Brien in action in a few different stops, and he based on necessity for the Patriots because he's the best pass catcher, but also based on how he utilizes the tight end. I can kind of see it being the same as how you said about Evan Ingram and Peterson. I'm saying the same thing about Mike Gusecki. We're not going to do that. Um, Bill O'Brien, no, because Bill O'Brien didn't have a successful tight end when he was in Houston. Because he didn't have a Mike Gusecki in Houston. He had who, Jordan Jordan Atkins, who was still better than he would have been anywhere else? I don't know. I mean, we've seen Bill O'Brien do it one year, one time, um, where Hernandez and Gronk kind of took the league by storm with that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you say Bill go out and get a guy. He hell, he just went out and got two tight ends uh, last year or a year before or whatever. Oh, you broke up. And you say Bill went out and got who? He went and got a couple tight ends year. Well, last year, year before, he went and got two tight ends. He went and got Johnny. Yeah. He went and got Henry, and they both didn't do nothing. Uh, Henry is there now. I could see them deploying this two tight end set, maybe a lot of 12 personnel, but John Lou couldn't cut That's the not, he, he ended up being an Ocho Cinco of the offense. Like, he just couldn't get well, it. One thing I'm going to say real quick. Hunter Henry ain't no Gronk, and Jaseki ain't no Hernandez, okay? I can <laughs> so see that. You can, I, <laughs> you I, can, I, no, don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> you, can, you can try your best to deploy this offense, and you can go to that. I get it. But don't look for that production. I, I mean, I, I think it would be in their best interest to do the two, a lot of, you know, run, run a lot of 12 personnel. But at the same time, there is no Aaron Hernandez out there floating, running around. You know what I'm saying? And there definitely ain't no Grunt running around, drawing coverage and all that kind of – like, it's a little different. I, I completely agree. Different. And the damn sure ain't no Tom Brady throwing in the mugs either. And I agree with that too. But but at the end of the day, volume is king in fantasy. And he's the best pass catcher. Like, that's – for me, that's not even a debate as far as who the best pass catcher is in this moment. Based on oh, what I've seen when he wasn't focused on, I hope who do you like better currently with the I mean, the best pass catcher? I mean, just yeah. just why Jaseki? Why is he the who's better? Remember, better. Myers is gone, unless you like Hunter Henry. But I mean, I don't like Devontae Parker. Like, who, who's better? Devontae Parker, our wide receiver one. So I'll ask again, who's better? Uh, I mean, you got Juju Smith-Schuster there. 
Oh, oh, I forgot about Juju. Everybody keeps forgetting that. Everybody I, I, I forgot about that. Juju. I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're I'm right. here to remind. So, you. so that's one pass catcher <laughs> that I will say that is, um, well, the thing with Juju is, when he didn't have a wide receiver one, he didn't look like Juju. If that makes sense, like he, Juju, at this point to me seems as if he was a product of Antonio Brown. Or do y'all not kind of see that correlation where he fell off dramatically? after he didn't have a true number one on the other side. And he don't got that right now in, in New England. I mean, I, I think as far as um, – I understand that as far as him being a, a number one and being the guy, yeah. But Juju actually had a pretty strong season last year, man, like um, Kansas City. Um, it wasn't too bad. You know, so he had some pretty good games. Um, but – uh. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes, he ended up at wide receiver 27. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. Like, like yeah. for, him, for him to be the guy, and he, you, if you can't do it well, with Patrick, well, he's not you can't guy, do it with Mac. Though. Juju is not the guy, you know what I mean? Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, in, in New England, we're talking about who the best pass catcher is, and if Juju isn't the guy, then it goes back to being Gusecki being the best pass catcher. I'm trying to figure out what had Gisecki did to make you think he's just the best pass catcher. Like, because the what, talent what? that he shows on the field, like Miami didn't didn't utilize him the way they could because of the wide receivers they had. Like he was the third or fourth, depending on you know who they had out there as far as wide receiver was concerned. And they didn't run that 12 personnel very often either. They, mm-hmm. they really didn't value the tight end as much as a New England type of offense normally would. But you can see the talent on the field when he was being targeted. And I can see why he got the heck up out of there because people were having this conversation about him instead of a conversation of him being one of the better tight ends based on his pass catching prowess. Mm-hmm. You don't think his, his, his poor run blocking will affect anything at all as far as, you know what I'm saying? Not field. really because Bill Belichick has already said he's going to be used as a wide receiver. So I, I don't think that I don't even think they're going to ask him to do much of that, to be honest with you. Now, and that's definitely something that he don't have that Hernandez had for sure. But um, I mean, he, he was one of the offensive weapons that they went out and got post haste. Um, so I, I really believe he's going to be a huge part of this offense. And it's not going to be like an afterthought, like a lot of tight ends are. He's going to be a focal point, even if Juju is on par with him. What you got for your next year, Joe? All right, so my tier four, I had uh, Joe Everett, Cole Komet. And, and this had, is starting at tight end what? What, what was? Uh, this was, uh, for me, this is uh, 11. 11 gotcha. through okay. 22. 10-4. So I had uh, Joe Everett, Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Tyler Hitby, Irv Smith Jr., Trey McBride, Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryer move. Greg Dolchich, Noah Fant, and I had a uh, Dalton Kincaid. And uh, just going to which I was going to touch on. Oh, Trey McBride. I like Trey McBride a lot. I think we're going to see another like how Ertz had to give it up to Goddard, and Goddard had, went on to do his thing. Uh, Trey McBride didn't really. He wasn't. He wasn't doing it. He fell under your category for the, the tight ends needing a year. But what I did like to see during the season is that he had a lot of games where he had he got a, a few quick receptions in that game. And it just honestly at that point, Kyler Murray wasn't on the field. I think he he finally lives up to that pedigree and that talent he had come into you know the league post-draft. 
I just like his upside. I just like what he can do, man. He's he's one of those guys that's going to definitely be one that's going to catch a lot of receptions in this league. I think he and the right offense do it too. Ertz, Ertz is going to be another. He like I said, Ertz is unfortunately he just handing it off to another good tight end at this point. Um, the reason why I went with Fryer move uh this low, actually like Fryer move uh during the dynasty draft. It just honestly, I just see what they were doing last year in the offense with Gentry, and then you go ahead and get a kid like Darnell Washington. I just don't like the committee that was there. Similar to uh, tying into another player that we had talked about earlier on the show with Gasecki, how Dolphins had Gasecki, Smythe, and then Hunter Long. I think it's going to be the same thing where they're going to mix in all three of these guys, and I just don't see him being that high up. And who else I had on this list that I like? And we all know Irv Smith Jr. pedigree, so I can just cap it off with there on my take. And I, we all know about Dalton Kincaid already. Go ahead and hook us up with your next tier, Vander. Oh, my next tier, I'm not. These guys are all kind of cluttered. Like I said earlier, um, you have the top guys, and then they start to get real tight. Um, all these dudes are in a phone booth. Um, it's going to be tight in. One second. I thought you had a sneeze. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is going to be starting at tight end 10. Uh, so we got uh, Commit, Higby. Uh, we got Chig, Okowanko, what, the tight end from Tennessee. Um, not the upside there. I got David Njoku here. Greg, is it Delucha, Delucha, Dulich? Dolchich. I think it's Dolchich. Hey, Greg Dolchich, Denver Broncos. I got Dalton Schultz here. I got Noah Fant here. I got Jared Everett here. And that stopped me at 17. Cheek, um, not a lot of weapons in Tennessee. True. Um, the new regime coming in, I like how they utilize the tight end before, um, you know, coming from San Fran, a lot of San Fran guys coming over here. And like I said, with lack of, Weapons. He, he this dude's a weapon. He's a yak daddy. Like yeah, Joe, like yeah. I said, he's a yak daddy as well. Um, and then most, you know, a, a guy like Tannehill, he should be a little more comfortable throwing to the tight end than throwing to, you know, any guys on the outside. So I really love Chick a lot right here. Uh be a difference maker. He'd be somebody you could probably draft late uh, and, and can give you some real uh, uh high end production. My tier four starts out with tight end 14, and it goes all the way through my tight end 26. So the same way you had like several people kind of bunched up together, um, that, that's that's kind of how my t- tier four um, ends up working out. So Cole Komet, David Njoku, Tyler Higby, Greg Dolchich. I actually have Jawan Johnson here of New Orleans, Trey McBride. Dawson Knox, Irv Smith Jr., Noah Fant, Dalton Kincaid, Zach Ertz, and Hunter Henry to round it out at tight end 26. Go ahead and hit us with your next tier, Joe. Uh, is this your last tier? Oh, yeah, this is my okay. last one right here. So with this one, I have here uh, starting out with Luke Musgrave. I have Michael, uh, Michael Mayer here. I have Cade Oton. Logan Thomas, Jelani Woods, Dorm Smythe out there in Miami, Isaiah Likely, and Jawan Johnson. And then really just a couple of touch on, like, Luce Musgrave, I really think 
um, is a good op- a good time to kind of buy low on him now. I just I like how he run. I think like I don't want to. Comp- I hate because it's going to sound the wrong way, but I remember a long, long time, a long, long time ago when Kelsey came out. Now again, this name talking about perennial Pro Bowler, none of that. But like how he runs, his stature, how he gets skinny, like how he moves, like. This kid gets it, and I think he he's gonna obviously he's gonna be the starting guy. No Tanya, he went to Chicago. Um, I like Luke. I think Luke's gonna be a really good player for uh, Green Bay. We all know Michael Meyer for um, Notre Dame. I know Austin Hooper is there currently in that offense, but again, Austin Hooper can't hold nobody off from the starting job. I'm not too concerned, and I really think Michael Meyer is a a really good solid tight end. I, I think he can really play up to his size and. On the next level, I think he can be a, a menace in the red zone. And then the lastly, uh, Durham Smythe. So going back to what I was saying earlier, if you kind of look at the Miami offense, they implored all three of the tight ends. But you really saw Smythe really as one of those guys to kind of stretch the offense and be one of in a merrier. Oh, into hold on, he got the ball in the middle. You know, more than fifteen yards. I forgot. How to, I can't. I'm horrible at pronunciation. I think he's going to really take a step up in his offense. Again, there's nobody there in, at that position to really challenge him. And he really serviced pretty well. Like, he was on the field even as much as Gusecki was. And they got him the ball more times than not when they both were on the field together. So I think he takes a step up, and it's only at uh, 27 anyway. And uh, that was my list, man, to get me to 30. For my – I have four – Tight ends left to get me to number 30, Sam Laporta, Michael Mayer, Taysom Hill, and Jelani Woods to round it out. I think Woods is going to have an opportunity to kind of be the bell of the ball in that tight end room in Indy. And, um, you know, when you have a, a rookie quarterback or when you have a quarterback that just left the Eagles that was kind of fond of his tight end as well, I don't think it'll matter which one is in for the week. If he's the guy, which as of right now, it looks like he will be, I think he'll be a little bit more utilized than what people are thinking. And he's one of them, like, I mean, he, he's he's huge. Like, he's, I want to say, like, a seven-footer or something real close to it. So, uh, I think he's 6'8", 265, something like that. But, but he is a, 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 he could be a menace in the red zone if they use him right. So, we'll kind of see how that goes. Go ahead and round it out for us, Bear. All right, to round it out, man. Um... And, 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 you know, I'm at like 18, going from 18 to 30. Flip a it's coin. It's a dart throw, basically. You know <laughs> yeah. But they're all close. Um, I do have Dawson Knox. I have Tyler Coughlin, Joan Johnson, Hunter Henry. I have Dalton Kincaid. I have Hayden Hurst, Sam LaPorta, Irv Smith, Trey McBride, Michael Meyer. Zach Ertz, uh, Mike Gusecki, Taysom, not well, Taysom Hill. And that's, you, we all know what, that, what that's like. That's right. really good. <laughs> right. Um, Hayden Hurst, uh, Kate Otten, Logan Thomas. There's some guys that's going to go. Are we going to do some honorable mention type dudes or what? Absolutely. Go right ahead. All right. Um, I do like Isaiah Likely, like um, I think one of y'all guys spoke on, but that's all about an injury happening. Right. 
the guy I like the most that I think people should kind of really keep the eyes peeled on is this kid. Um, and then you Cole, got Cole Turner. Keith Turner. Yeah. Okay. Keith, okay. Yeah, okay. Keith, okay. Cole Turner, man. Remember the name. This dude, uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> he's the best pass catcher in that in that room. Oh, no, sir. You know what I'm saying? No, he ain't. I'm trying to tell you, man. No, no, I'm trying to tell you he ain't. Man. You, you mean of the tight ends? Of the tight ends. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. in that room, okay. the tight end room. Okay, my fault. I yeah. thought you were saying on that team. My fault. Come, my fault. Really? Exactly. That's why I was like, Come what? On, no. Come on, no. Come <laughs> on. Okay, I got, you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. But, and Logan and, Thomas stay hurt. So, I mean, yeah, he might he's be not one of the only healthy ones, too. And, and we talking about this Eric enemy scheme. Um, And this dude just fits. He... he I'm not gonna say he's Kelsey. He's gonna play the Kelsey role, but he can be Kelsey like. Um, just man, just keep your eyes on this dude, man. He is a, and, and he's way under the radar. Uh, he, he's hell. He's a free agent in a lot of leagues. I'm in dynasty leagues. Uh, just sitting there, and if I ever make another move, he'll be somebody I probably would grab and hold on to. But um, I like him a lot. I, I really think this dude can be the. A steal for someone, you know what I'm saying? For sure, under the radar. So, remember, I got name, one man, guy I want to throw out there, and I want y'all opinion on him. How do we feel about the starting tight end for Aaron Rodgers? Your boy, um, he he's going way under the radar right now. Tyler Conklin looks like he's going to be the starter at tight end. Do we think he's going to get any love from Aaron Rodgers? Ah, of course. Um, because some of the guys there, I mean, who's the red zone guy? Point him out. Good point. <laughs> um, I mean, you got everybody looking for Garrett Wilson. Davis is healthy, maybe? If Davis I, even make it, really. if he I mean, even make it through the camp, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. him still being a camp casualty. Um, so why not? I, I think Cochran most definitely. Yeah, I think he can definitely be a red zone target. Anytime you got Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, I mean, we've we, we seen him do it before. We, we see him turn uh, uh, Tanya. Tanya into yeah. <laughs> tight end one. You know what I mean? So, better. And, and Cochran's better, better than Tanya to me. You still got CJ Uzama there. They just got the kid Jeremy Ruckert there. And they got a ton of wide receivers to give the rock to. I think if one position like will take a backseat as far as the pass catching, I think it is the, the tight end. I mean, Coglin was doing – he was doing his thing last year, but he also had a stint where it was the Uzoma show for a few games. I think it's, it's fairly inconsistent with them, so you don't know which one you're going to get. And then they threw in a rookie this year. I, I just – I think he's a good player, but I just think the offense is going to be widespread and more geared toward the wide receivers of the bunch and then the, the running backs out the backfield. That'll wrap up the tight end rankings. Let's go ahead and hop into our mini sleeper. Segments. All right, good people. So we're going to go ahead and give you just a couple of sleepers here and there. I say the mini sleeper segment because we'll kind of have a, a sleeper show once we get a little bit closer and several more drafts has been done. So we can kind of see where a lot of these guys end up falling so we can kind of see where the true value is. But these are, are a couple of sleepers that we have as of today. Um, Joe, why don't you start us out with your QB sleepers? 
so in regards to uh, QB's uh, sleepers, uh, I have to really think one. I'm, I'm going to go back to Pickett. I really think with Pickett is, is a good safe place uh, as far as productivity. This offense really was very anemic and didn't get much done as far as passing statistics. Uh, even red zone, even total touchdown, I think only had like 18 for the season. Uh, I think it's just an anomaly. I think you really got to look at going into year two, what it's going to look like. I like a Canada's uh, offense. And I really think uh, Kenny Pickett, is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's a, a top tier, but I think he can really easily fall into the, being a top 17, you know, a number 17 quarterback or 16 quarterback in the league. They have a plethora of weapons on that team. And I feel like you're not asking him to do much, but take the next step in this, you know, in, the, in this year, he's going to still have a good defense. And they finally went out and addressed the O-line. I think that was the one of the main concerns for me is that, you know, after they had like Pouncey, they had DeCastro, um, and then the other bookend on that offense. They just had these last three years where they just been abysmal on the offensive line. But getting Jones to me is a really good way to you know revitalize that team. And I don't know, I don't, my personal opinion just watching me seeing him throw. I don't care if it's with a glove on or not. This boy can really put you know spin a football. He can really throw it in, into an accurate place. Even some of the more competitive games in the division, you see him, you know, coming up with the drive of trying to keep the game close and competitive. So I like Pickett as my quarterback. If I had to have a sleeper quarterback, for my, I have two quarterbacks as far as sleepers are concerned for me: Sam Howell out of Washington and Mac Jones of New England. Uh, I think with Mac Jones actually having an offensive coordinator that actually has done that job before, it's going to be a big help. Uh, we forget that he 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 made the Pro Bowl in his rookie year, and he could have added on to that if there was some semblance of, uh, I would say, normalcy within that offense that was trying to be ran on last year. So I think he can kind of have a bounce back year, and he actually have an offensive guy in his ear that can make sure he stays on point. But Sam Howell, it's more so about the weapons around him as long as he's the starter and he's not screwing it up, there's no reason he shouldn't be putting up more fantasy points than his current draft position kind of indicates that he will. So I think those two are, aren't kind of getting the love that they should get based on where they could possibly finish. Running backs up next. Who want to go first? Go ahead and throw out your running back sleepers. Oh, running back sleeper for me. Hmm. I tell you what, man. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> throw one out there, man, and, and this is gonna be extremely unexpected. Huh? Okay. Um, you know, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he's shown to be an he's you know he's an above average runner for sure. Uh, he just can't shake the injury bug. This is gonna be the best offensive line he ever ran behind. The guy is good. You know what I'm saying? He is. He just he's always hurt. That mindset right there will definitely scare people away from him. Uh, he's already shown, well, this offense already shown that it's kind of like running back friendly as far as uh, committee-wise. So he will get some opportunity. I don't think he's, and they, 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 they did pay him some money to get there, right? So they brought him in. But think about it. Who's, who was there? Who's the running back they have there now? They have Scott? Gainwell. They have Gain- Scott. Remember, they brought in Swift. And Swift. Yeah, but they brought as far as Gamewell, do you really think Gamewell and Scott's better than Rashad Penny, though? I think Gamewell is slept on, to be honest with you. 
Um, when given the opportunity last year, he he showed that he was worth his salt. But it's a it's a full blown committee there. It um, is. But even with Swift, somebody gonna, somebody gonna have to get injured or something for, right. for it to shake out. And Swift his himself has you know a little injury pass as well. Um, but I, I think I think Rashad Penny can be you know, and this is deep sleepers guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to pick some of the the guys that you know people are thinking about. But this is a guy that you know down deep. He's probably ranked in the the thirty. He's ranked the thirty ninth running back. Um, so I think he's a guy that can, you know, he's a home run. He could be a home run hitter. You know what I'm saying? This is a really good offensive line, so I can see him doing well. Joe, what you got? So my sleeper running back, and this is more so on the elk of maybe a handcuff potentially. I'm gonna go with Keontae uh, Mitchell from the Ravens. So obviously, we know as it stands now, I think Gus Edwards not making that team. My personal opinion. Yeah, so I think Gus isn't on the team. Justice Hill is going to be obviously the handcuff to oh J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. But Keontae Hill, Hill uh, Mitchell is almost like getting the Jalen Warren uh, last year, where he's just an unrestricted free agent guy who's doing really well and standing out uh, in camp. And there, I feel like more he's going to have a position on his team. He's going to make the fifty-three. What I like about his skill set is that this guy just really brings the, a true speed element to this offense. And he really did a lot for, I think we play Eastern Carolina. This guy did a real, he did a little bit of a lot. He can run, pass, catch. He's slightly undersized, but he really plays towards, you know, a, a, a D'Angelo Williams in that sense. But his guy is tremendously fast. I think they clocked him at what, a 4 3, a 4 4 7. But I think he runs way faster than that um, com- comparison. I have him as a sleeper here because I think going into training camp, which is uh, starting in August, same thing what I did with Jalen Warren. Like, you just really got to follow the news with this guy because he's going to be more likely not for free. And if so, I think, again, he we don't know the situation with J.K. Even so, with, uh, between Justice Hill and Geist, there might be a room where he can uh, frog lead both of them. So you really get somebody for free um, that you can have on your roster now. So I, I really like Keaton uh, uh, Mitchell for running back for sleeper. I like it. I like it. Um, for me, for sleeper running back, I have two. Um, first up, it's a name that's familiar, but I don't think he's getting the love that he maybe should be getting. That's Khalil Herbert. Um, he's going to have a place in this offense as far as Chicago is concerned. Um, even though they brought in, you know, an, another running back who's going to be the RB1, Khalil Herbert is still going to be that third down guy. And that, that's going to be a valuable position to whereas, especially if you're looking at PPR and things of that nature. So I kind of feel like Khalil Herbert has been overlooked. And then also down there in Jacksonville, Tank Bigsby. Um, Jacksonville has already said that they're going to kind of run a platoon as much as allowed by the talent that they have. So if he gets out there and shows something, he's going to take a few carries away from ETN because they don't want him to get the wear and tear on him that he got last year. So I can see Tank Bigsby getting a little bit more of an opportunity than maybe he would have gotten in other scenarios. So that's where I'm at as far as RBs are concerned. Barry, you got any wide receivers? Uh, Yeah. What you got? I did, I did kind of want to talk about another running back real quick, though. Okay. Um, my dude, you know, I've been talking about a lot. Uh, Devon, Devon, a cane. Is it a cane? Uh, uh, Devon, a cane. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do love him a lot. Um, this dude, man, he's a rookie. 
It's a crowded backfield, but he comes in already being the best pass catcher of the bunch. So right there alone already gives him the opportunity to get on the field. And then the two guys that's in front of him are injured guys, guys that's True. always banged up. Fact. Mostert, he always banged up. And Wilson, another year old. He tends to get banged up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A really For good sure. offense that's running back friendly, zone run scheme. This guy's a track star, man. Just join the crowd. I mean, you, he's probably the third fastest guy on the team. They keep it a bean. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you got Tyreek. You got Waddle. Then it's probably him. Of course, people say that, you know, there's been already rumors about him being used in the Debo role, but he could probably have a better role than that, uh, to be honest with you. So um, I really like this guy a lot. I, th- I think he's an extreme sleeper. And I think he's sitting at running back on most lists, running back 40. Mm. So there you go with that. Okay. I just want to say just to throw caution. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much to this Dalvin Cook. Today uh, he had posted on his Twitter like the, his high school pictures are from him. And, you know, because he went to Miami. He, I don't know if it, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm reading too soon into this, but he did that little that little random uh, story today for his Miami stuff. Yeah, he, but he did that, and when he first got released from uh, Minnesota, he posts he's in Miami. He showed. I think he showed a picture of, like the Dolphin State. I'm like. Like dumb stuff, man. Like this, this is what they do now. I think it's like the. Yeah. I love a chain. Now. I think I think he's a, he's he's definitely one of those guys to watch. But I'm also watching that Dalvin Cook thing. I think going he's going to be on somebody's team going into camp. I don't, and I not think they already made him an offer. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I think they did. I, yeah. I think a couple teams made him an offer, but he was still trying. The same yeah. was with D Hop. Um, offers are out there, but they're still trying to see you know what they can make shape. Right. Why don't you go ahead and start us out with wide receiver? Real, real quick, man. My wide receiver sleeper, man, Sky Moore. Interesting. <sighs> really good opportunity for volume from here. It's, it's definitely going to increase. I think he's been the guy that – let's talk about who's ahead of him. Juju Smith-Schuster is now gone. Uh, they bought in Tony, but Tony is no stranger to injury as well. And I think a lot of people is on Tony. And I think Sky Moore, he's having a really good uh, – he's had a really good camp. And I really just see him as being a guy that can very well uh, – he's he's going to surprise some people. Andy Reid was already talking him up, you know, saying as far as uh, you know, him showing, like, you know, I guess the grasp of the playbook and different things like that, that nature mm-hmm. looking better. He's wide receiver 59. Um, so, yeah, I think Sky Moore, man, like I think he's a stream, stream, stream. And anytime you got probably the best quarterback in the league throwing the ball, I mean, it's already – That don't hurt. You know, <laughs> so – Actually, I'll piggyback off of that. My sleeper wide receiver is Kadarius Tony, and that's the thing you mentioned the injury. So if he, if he don't get injured, I could see him doing his thing this year. But because of the injuries that he's had in the past, a lot of people are going to kind of shy away from drafting him as high as his talent could possibly dictate. Then my other wide receiver is going to be Jordan Addison out there um, in LA, Justin Herbert, because again, the two wide receivers in front of him. One of them's not hurt, both of them hurt. So I can see Ad, I can see them getting him ready to be a number one or number two wide receiver as quickly as possible because he might by the end of month two, he may be the number one wide receiver there. Um, that's just what we've seen in the past from Mike Williams and Keenan Adam. They just can't seem to stay on the field. So um that's kind of where I'm at with my wide receivers to wrap it up. Joe. Do you have wide receivers to speak it of to uh, take us on out? Yeah, I got two actually. So I'm gonna start with the first one, uh, Rashid uh, Shahid for uh, New Orleans Saints. I I really like this kid a lot. I don't really I don't even care about Michael Thomas being there. Really don't. It don't really matter. 
Um, I feel like his story is pretty interesting too. Somebody who kind of came on, you know, as a walk, you know, or not even walk on class college, but somebody who just made the practice from the practice team on up into a starter. He reminds me a lot of Ruggs, like Henry Ruggs from the Raiders. Um, even in his first season, you know, 545 total yards, 12 games, six starts. I really, I just like his skill set in this offense. Like he was a hidden gem for this offense and this team. And I think he's really going to take the next step in his offense with a Derek Carr. Um, again, he just his presence, what he can do, even in kick return, his kick return role. This kid tied uh, FCS with seven kick returns back in college. And he's going to be asked to do the same thing he did in uh, college at the next level. So you get somebody who's more of a dual purpose kind of a player. And it says that he's going to do candle kick returns. And he is going to be the team's number uh, three wide receiver, which shouldn't be likely in the offense. That's going to throw the ball a, a tremendous amount. Pause. Report just came out per Bleacher Report. Saquon Barkley calls cap on rumor that the Giants offered him 13 mil per year. Just want to throw that out there right quick. Go ahead. <laughs> it's about to get spicy. <laughs> it's about to get spicy. And then the second one was Jaden Reed from Green Bay. Now, I really like this player, and I think it's going to be heavily tied to Jordan Love at the next level. This is a second-round guy who went the 50th, 50th overall pick to Green Bay. So Romeo Dodd was somebody that kind of really snuck on uh, during camp, somebody who was just, you know, getting open. But we saw the same thing in Buffalo, right? with the guy that, that was just always open. They called him a little 7-Eleven out there for the Bills. But I don't really like Romeo Dobbs. Like that. I really, He's really a, a slower player. I really think once uh, Jair Alexander got on him, we didn't hear much out of him out of camp. We also didn't see much out of him during the regular season. But Jaden Reed is one of those, those smaller, sh- uh, short twitch guys like the Zay Flowers of the world. Um, the DJ Morris that we can really speak to because they all got comparable size and skill set. I think he's going to be a really good player for this offense. And he's going to be like the Randall Cobb for this offense. He When he catches the ball, it's, it's him and a touchdown, really. Like, you get you can't get this guy space. You cannot absolutely give this guy space. And I think, you know, he's going to be asked to do a lot. The draft capital speaks a lot for what they're trying to do. they always been needing a raw receiver. Uh, they did well with Christian Watson hitting on him. Again, don't believe in Dobbs, but I think this kid, you know, we're looking at a wide receiver 91. That's plenty enough value for somebody who already solidified that position to come back and get somebody who's going to be in a a really good situation, going against the like of Chicago, going against Detroit, going against Vikings, game that's going to end up in the shootout. The game script's going to always be positive for him, even in the division, to get the ball at some point. So I really feel like it's a good uh, dart thrower at wide receiver 91. And that about wraps it up for this show. We'll be back on next week. Until then, we out.